Hi and welcome to the Travel Hero Podcast by ITB. Are you ready to reveal some superpowers of the great minds of the tourism industry? Uh, yeah, first of all, let me introduce myself. I'm Rika Jean-Francois and I work for ITB. And I'm responsible since, well, I'm 15 years now. I built up the corporate social responsibility in tourism. That means I'm, since many years, trying to make people realize that if we want to have tourism, it needs to be sustainable. But as the mainstream tourism mainly gathers at ITB, you can imagine that this is a big task because nobody would listen in the beginning. So, but my job is to be the social consciousness of ITB. And I travel a lot talking about that and hopefully uh, raising some awareness because this, this is what we want to do. But I have some other people here who are also fighting, each of them, at their own position. I have here to my left, I have Susanna Seron Baumann, who is half Spanish, half German, but lives in Berlin and is working for Ventura, which is a small tour operator doing the right thing. And this tour operator is also part of the um, Forum Andersreisen, which is a connection of um, good doing tour operators in a way. And I have, I have to look for a name because we hadn't met before, Michaela Trurau from Atmosphere. ITB works with Atmosphere since many, many years. We all do compensate and offset our flights, which we do as ITB team. And I have some team members here from ITB. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so we work with Atmosphere and we really appreciate the work Atmosphere is doing. And we also have um, um, Christian Tenzer, who is, is there an L? Yeah, to put on the one. Tensler. I thought you were a dancer. Sorry. <laughs> Christian Tensler from Visit Berlin. And this is our city. And Visit Berlin plays an important role um, as a tourism destination and also plays an important role in finding solutions. And that is why we also invited Christian. So, yeah, welcome, everybody. I already started to talk a little bit um, about the issues which are happening and because um, that we, we've been talking about the necessity to, to include sustainable thinking into tourism since many, many years. Before myself, there were other people who were really doing a great job. They were the pioneers, but nobody really listened to them. So it needed climate change actually to become obvious And with more and more extreme weather conditions happening, that people said, okay, we have to do something. And it, it needed a new generation, the generation of Greta, who actually stood up and said, it's our future. And this Friday for Future movement finally shaked up everybody, also in our industry. But this is, I think it's uh, ridiculous that it's so late, but it's a new generation who is obviously also more political than the generation before or some of the people of the generations before. I think it's not, what, what is very important, what I said also in the beginning, is it's not an issue which is only relevant for our industry, the tourism industry, but it's so relevant for all the industries and we need to work together. With, with all nations, because otherwise it is already too late. 
because only with strong intersectional cooperation there is a slight chance to save the planet. And according to Professor Schoenhuber, whom you all know from the Potsdam Climate Institute, it's only 19% option that the planet can be saved. So it's serious. It's not a joke. We still keep on talking about it as a joke. There was the BTV meeting in, in the Adlon uh, last week, and everybody was in the beginning. I wasn't there, but my friends told me everybody was in the beginning very... Now we talk about the future of tourism until Professor Schoenhuber came. And he actually said that the, the situation right now is like jumping from the Empire State Building and the moment you pass from the second floor, you think, well, everything well, went well already, uh, still went well. So you said it's, it's still fine. But, yeah will go down. So we have to find a solution. And he was really shaking everybody up, and I really liked this, it, it very much. So I think that we have a lot of things uh, which we want to talk about. Um, yeah, the, the, the question whether flying should be uh, stopped, whether there are other options, you know, whether it's a subject of um, losing what we have achieved, because everybody also talks about this democratization of traveling. Is it a solution to make the tickets so expensive that, on the other hand, um, people who don't have a bigger income can't travel anymore? Or would it be a solution to uh, have easy jet flights where everybody's packed, it's like a bus flying through the air, you don't have to carry heavy weight? and maybe with an alternative fuel. So these are the questions which I think maybe we can find, we can come a little closer to, to solutions. Um, so that is why I first want to address you, actually, to ask you about your picture of the travel of tomorrow, especially if it comes to air travel. So <clears throat> atmosphere, and I don't know if everybody uh, knows us, maybe just two uh, sentences about us. We are an offsetting provider, a non-profit organization. That means we are um, fighting against climate uh, change by um, developing and managing carbon mitigation projects in the global south. So it's all together that we are um, um, bringing or let's yeah, rolling out their renewable energies and energy efficiency and this is connected also with sustainable development. That means we are really going far away um, and um, are not concentrating only um, to save um, emissions. So we are also very interested to help people, to help the people there. So and if we think about air traffic um, of tomorrow, it's not as easy because if you look at the figures, you know, what the forecast is, um, how air traffic is increasing. So there is, has been published last week, uh, or I think even this week, uh, at the um, UBA, Umweltbundesamt, what's the mm -hmm. environmental uh, ministry, yeah, <laughs> ministry institution. So the forecast is that until 2050, air traffic um, will be four times more than it is um, today. Why even, or why is it, even if we talk about flight, uh, 
flyckskam, is it, I think, in Swedish. Yeah. Um, so flight uh, shaming. And even though we might change our behavior, and even though, I don't know, we are paying a lot of uh, money for our flight because we are um, increasing, or, or not increasing, we are internalizing the external environmental cost. That might be the fact. But at the same time, a lot of people who are, who has never seen or who have been who have seen of course a flight but who have never entered a, a plane yet it's actually nine of ten people worldwide have have never been in a plane so and since or until 2015 50 of course they also want to fly and they also want to travel so that's why i think um we really need um, and we have to invest, or the travel industry has to invest um, a lot of money in new technology. So I think this will this will be um, a solution. And in the same time, of course, we we need to find some uh, new solution to decrease, of course, also air traffic um, and to change behavior. And if you're saying like it's not an individual decision, I am not sure because I think. For us or for young people, even if they're studying, I don't know, um, um, sustainable tourism, you know, this is just my experience. For them, it's normal to fly, I don't know, 10 times by, per year, just, I don't know, for a weekend somewhere. Um, and it, it, it hasn't been happened, I don't know, 10 years ago. It's just, or, or 15 years ago, it's now normal, but... It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's a question of lifestyle. And why should it, why should it um, always be like this? Maybe we can change it again. I don't know. Would it be an option to, to, um, to price carbon emission, to include it in the price? Of course. So I think really, and I think this is already what the German uh, government uh, has been already announced. And I think it should be also, we should search for um, European solution to in, in, include it in the price. And even better, um, to find a way to um, to organize it on a worldwide level, just to, to, to make it fair and not to um, have um, different... To have, uh, yeah, and not to have different, um, co yeah, mm -hmm. competition um, issues. And I think the air traffic industry is well connected through Yatta to ICAO. And I mean, the airline industry is already so well connected and has worked together for so many years. I mean, the airline industry has had already the internet when we didn't even know that internet already exists, right? Mm. So, uh, and that's why I also wonder a little bit why they didn't find already solutions since they're already working so long um, together. Mm. And originally um, um, I have been working for the airline industry for many, many years before I went to uh, to, to atmosphere for this uh, non-profit um, organization and since I'm working now for, for um, atmosphere it has been opened my eyes for other industries and I was a little bit shocked to be honest that so many industries have already a plan and have found some solutions it's not, it's not ready yet but at least they're working on it and you see 
the light at the end of this tunnel. But I don't see it. Yeah, but as long as they could make benefit without being yeah. asked to do it, <laughs> yeah. it hasn't been taken out. Yeah. But um, tell me, there, like Lufthansa, for instance, you know, because there's been a big discussion going on now. So Lufthansa has already uh, declared that they want to do a great job, that they also want to offset. You can offset on the Lufthansa side and so on. And uh, I think it's the right thing to do. But on the other hand, why do the numbers which Lufthansa um, gives us are not really corresponding with what atmosphere tells us? Is there a difference of how you can calculate the most carbon of, emission? Yeah, of course. Um, most of the airline um, are calculating the airline, uh, the flight emissions um, just by the CO2 emissions. So they're just concentrating on the CO2 emissions. So they do not include the whole climate impact and effect. So they're excluding the greenhouse gas effect. Since when you're flying, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, since you're flying um, in a height of um, 9,000 meters, of course, then it also takes into account um, that um, by flying your causes uh, cirrus clouds and contrails and particle suits and all those non-CO2 emissions have a greenhouse gas effect. So, and this is between two to <coughs> five times higher than only um, the carbon emissions. So, and that's why, you know, you can see a different, different And this is why, why atmosphere and my climate and the serious offset to really make a difference. Yeah. Because I think there are now how many new offsetting companies which suddenly came up? Yeah, since uh, I, I don't know the exact figure, but of course, uh, Friday for Futures and the greater yeah. effect. So, so there are a lot of <laughs> But atmosphere, and this is why I'm proud that we work with companies like Atmosphere and Climate, uh, My Climate and so on, is that um, they also <coughs> take a stand. For instance, I, th I just heard mm -hmm. you decided that you will not offset any um, short-distance flights, short -distance flights plus any cruises anymore. And I think this is a very big step. Can you tell us more about this decision? Because I think it was not an easy decision. No, no, it was not an easy decision. Yeah, of course, as an offsetting provider, a lot of uh, press and uh, critical contact us on saying like, okay, what are you doing there? This is just, you know, you want, you, you want to make it easy for, 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 for frequent flyer. You know, you, you're not helping seriously uh, to uh, um, um, to fight ag against climate change because you, you know you're just taking money and and, um, uh, and bring it to other countries but of course offsetting doesn't help the climate so and I must say this is actually true um, we also commit and say offsetting is always the second best solution so the first solution is always the first solution is always um, avoiding and reducing. Every flight you haven't done is better than a compensated f flight. This is for sure. And for short distances, we think we shouldn't do it too easy um, to, to, to the people. So if there are better alternatives, we don't want them to offset their flight. This is not credible. 
So, and since our approach is um, first avoid, then reduce, and only if it's unavoidable, then you're allowed to compensate. So that's why we are just conse consequently said, okay, until now this this year, we decided that all short distance flights are not, uh, yeah, you, you cannot offset anymore with us. No, but there's yeah. also a, a change in the, yeah, I think that's, thank you. Um, a change in con consumer behavior, which is very important. Yeah, this and is people have been offsetting. I heard uh, there's a tremendous rise in, in, in offsetting uh, in general since Greta, actually. Yeah. So uh, how many of you have uh, are offsetting? Are you offsetting? I'm not looking. <laughs> no, but uh, we can discuss later whether you think it's a good idea because we, we don't have too much time. You could also explain what, what great things are really happening with the money uh, and for, for which things they were really, this money is used, yeah, for which projects mm -hmm. the money is used. But uh, to come back to the consumer now, Susanna, you need consumers to do your business. You need Absolutely. people to travel. <laughs> so uh, what would you say if somebody comes or writes an email to Aventura and says, I want to do a sustainable trip, but I, need, I want to go to Costa Rica because Costa Rica is one of the most there's, uh, responsible countries, sustainable tourism. They want to cut down their uh, CO2 emission. So I want to go to Costa Rica as a as a traveler who is quite conscious. So what do you tell them? Book with our brand Pura Ventura. <laughs> yeah, first of all, from my side, also a warm welcome. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Um, it shows the interest in the topic. Um, as Rita already mentioned, uh, thanks to Greta, we are all more aware. So thank you, each and every one of you, of being here. And um, going back to your question, maybe I have to explain I'm here in a double function because you have maybe read the program and there was my name uh, with Forum Andersreisen. As Rita mentioned as well, Forum Andersreisen e.V. is an association here in Germany where only the good two operators are members. So if you would like to travel uh, the good way, have a look at the website of Forum Andersreisen, check the members, and we have two operators for all destinations. Okay, And my other function is, and this was uh, Rita Rika's uh, um, question right now. I work for Ventura Travel. Um, this is a, um, a brand for sustainable travel brands and uh, we only do sustainable trips and um, yeah, we also compensate yeah, for our clients um, because um, yeah, our boss said, hey, I'm, I'm a little bit tired of passing this responsibility over to the clients because normally maybe you know it when you book somewhere and then uh, the operators tell you, yeah, and please don't forget to compensate. And then they offer, they send you the link of uh, atmosphere, uh, mainly, hopefully. Uh, and then you can decide yourself uh, if you compensate or not. And uh, I think the percentage is very, very low. Um, that's why we are one of the operators who said, okay, stop that. It's our responsibility and we do this. Going, coming back to your question, Rika. So if someone wants to travel to Costa Rica, for example... Um, of course, you can do it with us. Uh, we are an operator which um, 
has also the criteria of Forum Andersreisen uh, in mind because we create our trips um, con also depending on these uh, criteria. You can have a look at these criteria also on the website of Forum Andersreisen. Um, have a look. And uh, Rika, it's a very complex topic. So to explain a sustainable tourism product, it's not only that you compensate the flight. Uh, it's not only that you go there for at least for a month. Yeah, let's say um, sustainability in tourism also covers the three fields: it's economy, ecology, and so the social aspects. Yeah, so you also have to check: uh, are the partners in Costa Rica? Does uh, my incoming agency in Costa Rica? Does all the employees have a contract? Yeah, do they get a good salary? Yeah. Uh, does the offices that I work with, do they recycle? Yeah. Do they use, um, I don't know, recycled paper, for example? So it's really super complex. Um, but to make it very short, um, we can definitely help this person. But he, uh, we have a few conditions. He has to stay at least two weeks in Costa Rica. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if someone comes up to us and says, yeah, I want to fly for a week to Costa Rica, then we say, I'm very, very sorry, but we're not the right for you. Uh, have a look at someone else. Or maybe go for two weeks, then we can help you. But it's super complex, so it's not easy to answer uh, what is a sustainable product. But you can, if you want to have, like, I, I can give you five tips yeah, to see if the tour operator that you work with uh, is sustainable or not. And I'm brainstorming right now. I have not prepared it. It's First of all, you should check go on the website and check their philosophy, their mission, their, their, um, their vision and their core values. Do you see something concerning sustainability in your core values, for example? Then it's good. Yeah? Uh, the second thing, um, if you do long-distance trips, uh, the example of Costa Rica, for example, if you see that this operator offers you uh, one trip, for example, to all these long-haul flight destinations, then it's not a, a sustainable tour operator, or it depends on the conditions. Yeah? You also have to check that. Then travel in small groups, because we know if we travel in big groups, we have a huge impact on communities. It's waste, it's, we consume, it's, it's really, it's much better if you do it with not so many uh, participants, let's say. Yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, yeah, and then uh, another thing, of course, what you, can, uh, what you can check is the CO2 compensation. Um, but it's, uh, it's still not very common that everyone here in Germany compensates. So, um, but if you want to be on the safe side, this can also be one aspect. And last but not least, uh, you should definitely check the destinations where you go. And this depends on you. And I think this is what also Rika said at the beginning. We all have to be more critical in our thinking. Yeah? And we should really think... Should, should I have to do this trip or, mm. or, or maybe can I avoid it? Can I do a web seminar, a web call or whatever today? I mean, we, we live in uh, 4.0, so that there are a lot of um, possibilities as well. Yeah. yeah, but I also like the, the fact um, that when we talk about a sustainable tour operator who's following these criteria, which have been developed uh, by, by very... Um, intelligent organizations, also like uh, GSCC, which is the Global uh, Tourism Criteria for Sustainability and Social, um, which also take into account the social aspects of where you travel to. And this is the right thing to do, but this brings me to the point that traveling is not only producing negative carbon imprint, uh, carbon imprint, yeah, impact. It's also about the good things of travel, and we don't have to forget that travel is the best thing against bigotry. 
if you travel, your mind opens. And this is also, a lot of people say this is like a, a civil, uh, uh, something we, we got because of this kind of civiliz civilization we have reached. But the way uh, travel has developed in a um, profit-orientated capitalistic world is not the way people used to travel. And so I think we have to rethink travel. We have to think, how can we really experience something? How can we help communities? How can we meet people on the same level? How can we um, maybe help women to become empowered through tourism? Absolutely. So there are so many very good examples, but mass tourism definitely is not that way. But I think now the, 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 the situation with everybody waking up is a good chance for all of us to really rethink tourism and to, to demand also as consumers different um, uh, products. Mm -hmm. So uh, do you have more clients now? Is it different? Is, is something changing already? Or are people still in a shock? <laughs> uh, well, um, from this point of view of Forum Andersreisen, uh, we receive la now much, much more press requests uh, than before. So um, our director, Petra um, Thomas, um, she's guiding uh, the Forum Andersreisen. She now, we can have like four of, of Pet four Petras right now because she has so many requests uh, of being part of panels concerning sustainable tourism and so on. Um, concerning uh, our operators, uh, we don't uh, see now an increased uh, demand uh, mm -hmm. until now. Uh, of course, we are, we are growing and we are happily growing. Um, um, we are very happy about that. What we do realize is that people now ask themselves concerning the CO2 emissions. Mm -hmm. yeah? This is something that has changed. Yeah, at least we have now a few clients who definitely ask for it. Um, I wanted to add something, Rika, that you said before, which in my point of view is super important, um, which I forgot to mention you with the five aspects of a sustainable trip. Um, you should check, if you can, that most of the money this operator gains with the trip should stay in the country where they travel. Yeah, in Germany, we'll call this Rückflussrate or lokale Wertschöpfung. Yeah? <laughs> I don't know the, the, the explanation in English. Maybe there. Trickle-down effect. Ah, super. Thank you so, so much. Trickle-down effect. Yeah? Ah, super. And, and this, is, uh, this is something super important because um, if you go uh, through the trips uh, of our operator Ventura Travel or also other members of Forum Andersreisen, in our case, we have our own foundation. It's called the We Social Foundation, and we only support communities in the countries where we travel. Yeah, and uh, in all our trips, for example, there are 25 euros included, which go directly to this foundation. And we do good things in the in the in the countries where we travel. We have spent more than one million euro already. Yeah, so you should have this in mind. Other operators do also very good things. Check it. Yeah, if they give their money also to that the local communities benefit from tourism. Yeah, that's very important in my aspect. Yeah, and, and this is exactly the point that we at one point we said, oh, don't travel because, you know, because of the CO2 emissions. But on the other hand, you said travel because only this can help to that the world is still open and um, we can help human rights 
in tour through tourism. We can create peace through tourism. There are a lot of options where tourism is really a, a force for good. And we cannot just say, stop this, because, you know, we cannot, when the building industry, for instance, is, is responsible for 10% of the CO2 emission in Germany. Can we stop building houses? No. And I, I also think that we can't stop building bridges through tourism. So this is one aspect as well. How do you see that? I mean, Berlin. Berlin is our hometown. Berlin is great, and I love Berlin, and I also love to see tourists. I'm not fed up about tourists because, as I said, I like this, this uh, concept of people meeting, coming together, experiencing things. And Berlin is a very exper um, experiencing city in a way. You can experience a lot of things. Um, one big point are city trips. City trips. Everybody likes to take weekend city trips. I love to take city trips, but <laughs> what can we do? I mean, Berlin, how, how are you getting ready for this discussion? Susanna said something very wise. Um, we have to see that there are minimum three dimensions of sustainable or responsible travel. One is the economic impact. 250,000 people in Berlin are living from, from tourism. We have to be aware of that. Of course, the second one, the social, the social dimension, dimension is very, very important. Even in a, in a city which is growing, like we are, Berlin is growing at all. Not only tourism numbers are growing, Berlin is growing at all. Yeah. We have more and more, 40 to 50,000 more inhabitants. Welcome. Yeah, to Berlin. The national inhabitants, welcome, really. Uh, but it puts you in a, yeah, in a challenge, or to a challenge. And the third dimension, of course, is the ecological impact or the ecological footprint we leave if we do tourism. As we have seen, all of us are traveling and love to travel. And if you look at China or India, uh, alone China, 600 million people will travel in the future. Yeah, this is a, we have only the beginning of, of traveling. And this is exactly the challenge to find the balance between these three different dimensions. I don't have the solution. <laughs> really, if I would have, I would uh, ask Angela to do her <laughs> job. Or Heiko Maas, or I don't know uh, who else uh, is responsible for this. But I think the, the beginning of everything is the awareness Thanks to Greta, we get this awareness. Um, we shouldn't make traveling unsexy. I don't say this because we are working in the tourism industry. I say this, we have to find a different way to make responsible traveling sexy. Yeah? Responsible traveling responsible sexy. Responsible sec yeah. travel sexy. Yeah? <laughs> Not other way around. <laughs> Not to, mm -hmm. yeah, responsible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Responsible travel, making sexy. How can we start? How can we start? And I don't agree with you, uh, Rika. I think everybody, each of us, has to start with this. What we do, just for, for, for an example, we are doing a lot of MICE business, meeting incentive and grand congresses, you know, at, uh, as ITB. What we have founded is a platform for sustainable meetings, for example. And every supplier 
has to like like you have your your different criterias have to fulfill different criterias so we offer our clients to meet and to meet in a sustainable way only one example second is a example is the social dimension we offer to our clients you can meet and change and meet and change means that you are not going sorry i hope no big Julia is here with a hall, a big hall of congresses. We offer social responsibility meetings for big companies, but for example in the school. So they get in touch. They might get in touch with mm. people in a social dimension they have never thought about before. One example is the German Rail, who are in a school. And at the end of the, of the meeting, yeah, they met the people from the, the school, the, the teachers, but also the, the, the kids. And they said, oh my God, in this school, uh, they need, there's a need of new furniture or a new, need of new uh, windows. And they said, okay, we are not paying, we don't have to pay so much for meeting here, but if we pay you new, new furniture. Things like this, yeah, it's, it's just some examples. What we also do, we have a guideline for our, for our, um, For our staff, not to travel in Germany by plane, mm -hmm. to be re to be responsible with this, yeah. And of course, if you look at our, I mean, it is like people love to travel, people love to do city trips. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, I would laugh if people thought, as you said before, before they start booking, do I need this trip, yeah? And I appreciate it highly if the, the, our guests will stay two weeks in Berlin as in, 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 <laughs> as in Costa Rica. No, but I would really say, I would really say uh, maybe the first or the second or the third or maybe the fifth trip is not necessary. And I don't think, I don't believe that this would, be, would have a negative impact in, uh, in our tourism. I think it would open the mind to the people And maybe we get more people who travel by train or by bus from Denmark or from, from uh, Poland or from Czech or from, from Germany or Austria because they get the awareness that there is a different possibility. I think that would be mm -hmm. a different kind of compensation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a, um, you, you got me wrong if you thought I would not like uh, everybody to, to do something, you know, at your house, plastics, whatever, avoid. Of course, everybody has to, is responsible for him or herself. But I think we also have to look at the big picture. And I really liked what you said, that there are so many initiatives already in Berlin, like also social initiatives, because it's part of the big thing which uh, really make a difference. But um, what about, I mean, especially Berlin still has a problem to have over-tourism, which is a, some people say it's not over-tourism, it's under-tourism for, uh, for the regions which are outside of the big part of the city, you know? But um, so you, I know that you have a great program to bring tourists into other neighborhoods like Spandau or Köpenick or whatever where tourists normally don't travel to, but also alternatives initiatives like going by bike or historical uh, alternative um, guiding through the city. And, and these initiatives, I think 
because we really have to rethink tourism, as I said before, there should be more funding for these alternative projects in the city. So is there, how do you see it? Is there a movement already within Visit Berlin to make these things happen more? I think there's more than a movement. That's really awareness. You can read it if you want in the tourism concept, 2018 plus. There's a big focus on spreading the tourists all over the city, but we can't force To be honest, we can't say, okay, you have to go now to Spandau. <laughs> What should I do? Spandau, of course. Oh, they have very, very nice cycling trails, huh? huh? <laughs> There's a cycling museum, huh? Yeah. And they have the biggest Christmas market in Berlin. Okay, I could argue for this for two hours if you want. No, you don't want, I'm sure. But if you stay two weeks, you have time to also yes, go to Spandau. <laughs> But there are big initiatives to give inspiration, yeah? And we, we, are talking, we are not talking about rules. We are not talking about forcing the people. We are talking about awareness, and we are talking about inspiration. That might sound very soft, or soft skills, or soft uh, pressure, or whatever uh, you want to call it, but I think that's the way to do it. Again, we try to make... <laughs> we love animals. <laughs> we like to... Uh, I stay with this making sexy, because we try to make... Friedrichshagen, not Friedrichshain, Friedrichshagen, sexy, yeah? Uh -huh. And we try to make uh, Spandau again sexy, and we try to make uh, Dahlem sexy, and I think there's a lot to see. Take it, there are so many dimensions like industry culture, like cycling lanes, mm -hmm. like uh, architecture of modernism, whatever. There are so many subjects, and this is, for my opinion, this is our challenge, but it's also our hope, or hopefully the, the, one of the solutions, mm -hmm. to say, okay, the people have been to Berlin five, six, seven, ten times, that would be the next game to us, um, have many, been many times here, so we give inspirations and we, uh, inspiration and we try to, in an individual world, to give everybody his individual Berlin, uh, Berlin experience. Um, talking about this... Uh, solutions, I think we need also to work with the whole supply chain. And this is always critical in, in, in tourism in general, that you have a product, you're, you're um, at a destination, uh, but, and you have a hotel, as you said, one of the big hotels, okay, everybody has to become sustainable, but it has to go down to all the other providers as well, if you really want to make, have a green city. So um, How can you push that? Is, is that part of that program you were talking about? Yeah, it is a, I would say this is a part education. Um, mm. We are not at school, but uh, of course we have CSR, uh, um, uh, not classes, but, but uh, round yeah, tables but and things important. like this. Yeah. Yeah. And we are talking to all of our suppliers, the whole, the whole uh, chain. Uh, we are talking to them and we are discussing, and I think the really the best um, example is the really sustainable meeting because it, it is a very, very tense subject discussed with all parts of suppliers who are responsible for meetings. And if you are in the meeting business, you know how much of the food is normally thrown away, how many packages you have for, 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 for a meeting or for a conference. These are huge amounts of waste yeah, and ecological... I would say your ecological footprint for, for a meeting, 
can be very big. And if you start with this, with the big picture, there's a good chance to mm. change a little bit. Maybe we should, yeah. Add something yeah. to this. Um, I think the supplier chain is very important in tourism because um, the contact that you have in front of you is not the person, most, uh, most of the cases, who is providing your product. So for us, uh, for Ventura Travel, um, it was a very, very important topic and it was actually my, um, my project. Um, we have developed CSR checklists for all our partners. Mm -hmm. So we have a CSR checklist for hotels, we have a CSR checklist for incomings, we have a CSR checklist for transport companies. And it was a huge work because I thought, well, this should exist, but there was nothing like that. It was a real big work of us. And now we have it. They are quite detailed, so um, we still have to work on them. The pro on them, the project is not finished. And our idea behind this is we see ourselves, um, that's why I'm also here, as ambassadors for, some, for sustainable tourism. We want to create awareness, and we want to create this awareness also in, in front of our, of our suppliers. When we send them these checklists, we ask them to, to, fill, the, to fill, the, fill them out. Um, but it's not a knockout criteria, at least at the first year, because we do this every year and we want to see their development. Maybe you have a partner, uh, let's say two stupid uh, um, examples, who's not recycling and, uh, and the employees don't have a contract. Yeah, let's say it this way. And, and, and then the next year we see, okay, now the employees have a contract, yeah, but, um, yeah, but still the other part is missing. So uh, we focus on, on training our partners, and I think all partners in the tourism industry should check their partners somehow. As I mentioned to you before, if you want to book a trip, go on the website of the operator of the hotel, of the activity, see if you find a vision, a mission, or the values of that company, and see if it fits. Yeah, so it's again our awareness. And I'm sorry, I want to add something else mm -hmm. because uh, you, sorry, uh, stop. Um, you were asking at the beginning um, what is the future of uh, of travel? Yeah, what what is the future of of um, of traveling? Um, I'm I, I have a very clear uh, vision of that. I think uh, it's it's in the hand of the government. Yeah, I don't want to bl blame uh, especially our government, for example. But why it took so long and it took Greta to come up that our government has a has an official paper concerning the climate right now. Yeah, it's a. Uh, It's, it's hilarious on one hand. On the other hand, why does the kerosene, kerosene in English, our super English expert, kerosene, yeah, uh, was not taxed in Germany? Why? We were all wondering, uh, we, we were all wondering, hey, the Deutsche Bahn is so expensive, I can't afford it. I fly, it's cheaper, of course, because Deutsche Bahn has to pay the taxes and the flights don't, uh, the, the airlines, yeah, so... I think there's still a lot of work by the government. And, and the associations, and, because the associations were supporting the, that, unfortunately. And absolutely. And another thing where you also see that the government has to, to do their, their, their job right, if um, Christian mentioned China, yeah, they will build up more than 200 new airports within the next few years. Few years, yeah? I'm only talking about a time frame of five years. I mean, in my point of view, uh, governments should uh, say no. Yeah, you can construct, I don't know, 100 or whatever. So this was only my last comment and maybe to give you some food for discussion because uh, I think there's much yeah. more we can do. I think I still have a question for all of you. And everybody can say something. Yeah. Is it because this is exactly one of the critical points, you know, that said, okay, people who come up now from China, the growing middle class in China, the growing middle class in India, and these people have not yet had the chance to travel. 
because they had not have enough money and it was too expensive. A friend of mine just yesterday, she said, well, I remember the good times when I flew to, to LA and it cost me 2,000 Deutsche Mark and that's the way it should be. I said, no, it can't be the way that suddenly it's only for those wealthy people. But what do we do? People are still hungry to travel. People are hungry to meet other people. So we all agree that there is not a solution only for our industry and we cannot only be the only solution. We need to collaborate internationally with all governments, but this is difficult because there are some governments who are not thinking of cooperating at all and on the other hand, they're getting out of the Paris Agreement. So what do you think, each of you? What is the most important thing what we can do now? Which step is one of the most important steps in your business and in general? So it, I think um, because I had another idea, but I think it's, it's, it's well connected with that because it just crossed my mind. A couple of weeks ago, my colleague and me, we had a call with the CSR manager of one of the biggest tour operator in uh, Europe. I'm not allowed to say who it was. So, <laughs> and then we asked, so, so how is it going? How is it going this year's manager? What they always say, uh, not, not as easy uh, working for a, a big tour operator as a CSR manager. And I asked then, so did it change now since greater? And, and do you also feel the, can you feel the, uh, the, or can you see the greater effect in your business? And uh, the manager said, yes, yes, yes. But to be honest, um, a lot of our um, clients asked for uh, European tours and Germany tours and tour packages. And the sad answer or the sad uh, yeah, reply was, we didn't have the offer. Mm. So a lot of demand, 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 but we couldn't, we, we, we didn't have it in our portfolio. So, um, and, and we were too, la too, too slow to, 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 to create those kind of offers. So that's why this, this would be my wish. And I think I can speak for, for whole atmosphere that um, what you said also, so there are so many sexy uh, destinations and they don't have to be so far, far away. It's always a question of uh, marketing and communication, I think. And what we are perceiving that as far as we are going, as, as, as much more luck it brings us or, you know, as much more interesting is than the trip, I think it's, it's, not, it's not right. Would it be a solution to do like a family trip once a year for at least two weeks or three weeks or one month and all the rest of the year going by bicycle and, um, and so on, or alternative energies, use alternative energies. So you think, would that be maybe the, question, uh, the answer for us now who love to travel? I don't know. I mean, this is a really personal <laughs> uh, question and, and answer. So I just can speak by myself. I already told you um, before we had this, uh, you know, when we met together, I have been, uh, um, I have been forced to discover a new kind of uh, making holiday because, I don't know, when I was younger, of course, I was also traveling a lot and discovering the world and taking the 
plane, especially with uh, low-cost carriers. And <laughs> then a couple of years ago, my husband, he had a um, yeah, problem with his... Uh, Sprunggelenk with the ankle, so he couldn't walk anymore. And with our three kids, he couldn't yeah. walk, he couldn't run. So the only thing he could do was um, cycling. But we are not those kind of cycling specialists and not so sportive. So we thought, like, mm, is it the right yeah. thing? Uh, but then friends of us said, yeah, try it, try it, just try it, and then you will see. So we were uh, borrowing a lot of equipment together and then we really started three weeks cycling. Uh, so a round trip from uh, at the uh, Polish-German um, border. Mm -hmm. And this was such an unexpected adventure, I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, if, if, if I was writing a blog, it would be probably the same, I don't know, kind of adventures like i don't know a backpacker going to asia somewhere because we met so many interesting people some mad people some funny people um landscape was mm -hmm. fantastic food was very special <laughs> and <laughs> no network so 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 really silence but this is something you know If someone was telling me that in advance, probably I wouldn't believe it. So sometimes you really need to do, uh, you need to make this kind of experience until, you know, you, you think, okay, it's really good. And since then, we are only cycling, discovering Germany, discovering uh, Europe, but probably, I don't know, maybe in a couple of years, we might also do a flight, but so far, no, it's, it's. I mean, I'm working for a, mm -hmm. uh, for, for, a, for a carbon offsetting company, so I won't do it right now. But mm -hmm. it's What is your vision? Oh, I would agree cycling, but I'm a, I'm a heavy <laughs> cyclist, so... <laughs> I think, um, first of all, um, it makes me really thought, because there is no solution, there might be a vision. Uh, a vision, for me, is a mixture of uh, technology, of course, but... I'm not so, in terms of technology, that I would say, okay, let's the technology do everything. I think it's a kind of our awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, You can't ask people stop traveling, but maybe a little bit different and a little bit more sexy <laughs> in, in, terms of, uh, in terms of neighborhoods and, and um, maybe German um, destinations. Uh, but at the end, it begins for me with education, Yeah, mm -hmm. that we get a awareness of inter edu ed uh, via education, um, and uh, if I take it to Berlin, I think this city is so so special, so special at all. And how can I tell the people? Uh, we have 30 years fall of the wall. We have this uh, huge uh, event last week, and how can I tell people? you should come because we want to save the planet I can understand I would like to save the planet but how can I tell the people don't come to Berlin don't, 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 please don't, don't yeah come by train yeah but uh, should I say this to Indians uh, come by Flixbus okay maybe <laughs> good idea last a little bit, little bit longer no I don't have this uh, to be honest I don't have the solution but I think and that's where I'm really aware of it has to start with ourselves, each of us. And I've, I would give a go a little bit back uh, away from flight shame because it starts on your daily 
work on your daily life, not using plastic, using uh, any kinds of boxes you can use many times, uh, things like this, recycling, yeah. upcycling, whatever. I've been to a, uh, to a exhibition uh, a Sunday about slow fashion and, and fast fashion at the Europäische um, Museum for Europäische Kultur, European Culture. I can really recommend to go there. Mm -hmm. Flight shame Good. is not the only problem we have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to minimize it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't understand me wrong, but um, everybody has to think every morning and not with, oh, I, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. That's not the I can do it different with a positive was a positive feeling. But also demand your politicians, demand your boss, demand everybody in your surroundings. All of us, every day, every yeah. day. Yeah, solution. I also don't have a solution, but um, um, I have a few ideas um, which can be steps for the solution. Um, if you go on the streets and ask people, would you like to buy, uh, or, uh, buy a sustainable trip? Uh, a lot of people would say yes. And then they would say, yeah, but it's too expensive. Yeah? And it's not. So this is what also Christian said. Um, sustainable Traveling in a sustainable way must not be more expensive than traveling like the masses do. Yeah? Um, sometimes also very opposite. Uh, in our case, for example, um, you can also sleep with families. And that's even better. That's our Airbnb because you get to know these people in the villages on the lake of Titicaca. Yeah? And you have dinner with them together. You cook with them. So... Um, I think, uh, like also um, Christian already mentioned, um, that it's, it's absolute education. And uh, I'm still, uh, um, <laughs> my opinion is still that the government uh, must squeeze in. Uh, we will not make mm -hmm. it without the government. Mm -hmm. We need campaigns. We need campaigns saying, like, uh, travel sustainable and explain it. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, if, uh, if we would have done a, a questionnaire to all of you, what is uh, traveling sustainable? Um, okay, now we are all uh, in this field and you're here, but if you go on the streets, almost no one knows. Yeah? So uh, a lot of people, they don't know that there are different ways of traveling. So um, we have to create this awareness. Uh, this is what I think. And we should definitely raise taxes. But if we do, like the government is doing it right now, we have to use it for a specific purpose and not leave it open like the government does right now. So I think our governments should definitely do a little bit more of their homework. Mm -hmm. yeah, and so yeah, maybe I can also add that um, yeah, I don't think we can do anything in isolation. No. We need international cooperation. We have to fight for that, even so some governments were not interested. And we also have uh, what, what, what we can do in our business. We have to start in each of our businesses to start measuring our CO2 footprint to see what are we doing, where we work, in our workplace, and then um, do a, an accurate assessment. You know, and this is also what is normally missing, this, what we call greenwashing. You know, we read assessment and it has to be done annually, not once and that was it. I've done my duty. It's really a process which we have to start and which has to be continued if we really want to do something for the climate and to save the life of our grandchildren. And um, I think yeah, also transport is key because uh, we, we have to get off this high dependency of, uh, on, on, on fossil fuels. So we really need to push our governments to find solutions for that. And um, 
yeah, to and I think it's a top priority to to implement this um, this climate resilience into all the elements, but all elements of our life, as you said, it's so important. What the the, the clothing industry? My God, human rights wise, a big problem, and we still buy every time cheap shoes, cheap blouses. This is a very important point because it's so it's so holistic. The problem is not only the tourism industry, but we are part of it. And I believe that tourism can be a front runner because tourism is is an is a fun industry. So maybe we can play an important role as tourism industry players. So yeah, and one thing more is also the, the, what you said, the circular economy, to, to reuse and to, to green up everything, to, to green to grow. I mean, this, these are uh, options really for, for, a better, for a better environment to live in and also to travel in, of course. So, and technology, as you said, I also believe is, uh, because I think it's um, uh, managed technology development will also be a key element in the transformation of our societies and also of tourism. So I want to ask you now, what, which are your questions? You can please um, ask us, our panelists. Yes? Do you see any labels developing in the travel tourism industry so that it's easier for consumers to see as well what is sustainable and what's like, like marketing again, many consumer of food yeah. areas, for example. Can you repeat the question with the microphone? Yes, he was asking for certificates or labels concerning sustainable tourism. Yes, they are, but I have to admit it's a label jungle as in every other branch as well. Yeah. Um, I can only speak of my experience. Um, there is a company uh, in Germany called Tourzert. Um, please have a look at their website. They're really, really good. They're making a lot of good things. And what they do is um, they not only certify all the members of Forum Andersreisen as sustainable tour operators, they also uh, certificate destinations as sustainable destinations. And it's really, believe me, because I'm leading this project also in our company, they're very, very detailed. Every two years uh, we have to, uh, we, we get recertified, yeah, if, if we are lucky, yeah. Um, because they really check the whole company. They not only check uh, the trips, um, they check everything in our company. They talk to uh, every, uh, almost every employee, asking, yeah, do you get feedbacks? Uh, uh, are you motivated? Can you climb up the career in your company? Yeah, just as an example. Yeah? So maybe for all of you who have uh, an interest in, in um, certificates, maybe you can check uh, the Tourset website. They're very good. But there are also others like Travel Life and so on. But as I told you, it's really also a jungle and more and more certificates are raising up in the market. And good that there are so many companies and different types of institutions that are all thinking about CSR issues. Um, and you have uh, Visit Berlin that's thinking about how can we be sustainable on, on this level. You've got other people with other criteria. Um, what I see is that in every level of the supply chain that I've got to know so far in the tourism industry, you have different operators or different uh, actors 
but have their own way of interpreting what's important to them, right? So you might have Ventura that says, for us it's important that people get paid a minimum wage, or mm -hmm. whatever it is. And then you have the, the person that's on the ground, uh, the, the uh, DMC that's on the ground that you're working with, and they're saying, oh, but we already have our own projects, and for us it's more important that we use solar energy instead of electricity. And we also support a local initiative that supports women. Uh, you know, so it's kind of on the different levels, different people have different criteria, and um, you're kind of all offsetting different things, and it, it seems to make sense to me as a, as a person who's new to the industry for there to be some kind of standard where you can say, okay, everyone's responsible for their own CO2 emissions, because otherwise we're offsetting it, but equally the, the DMT that's working for us is offsetting it, and then uh, you know the hotels they're staying at are offsetting it as well, and it's kind of, it's, it seems... Honorable but very chaotic. Mm. Do you know if there's any standard? Yes. Con concerning the offsetting, uh, my colleague from Atmosphere can tell you a few more words, but I think um, the main question is also belongs to the certification. So you should definitely also work with partners that are certified. But maybe you can explain the standards for um, offsetting. Yeah, but uh, no, I think what, what you mean is already the approach for um, CSR. I mean, this is, you know, what every company can do how they want how they want to do of course at a certain level uh, companies have to um, report um, not only their emissions also uh, it is called non-financial reporting so to all their stakeholders that they look you know that they, they have to show um, their uh, environmental impact their so social impact but they are not obliged <coughs> to hmm? and this is the problem that they are they are asked to do it but not obliged yet so i think this is still we need uh, regulations empower what's happening if somebody is not doing it yeah but it's, it's now a, a european um, uh, guideline since 2017 and of yeah, course it's not so People who don't, don't companies yeah, who don't do it, are not they're not punished. they're not uh, traced yet. Yeah, that's right. But for um, so my recommendation in terms of um, emissions is, first of all, you have to find out your status quo. So first of all, you have to look at okay, where do all my emissions come from, and looking at the supply chain, you know, what kind of influence can I have? So and then you know. Start not with the peanuts, of course, so concentrate on the big things. Um, this is my recommendation because what I see a lot is that not also for private person and also for companies that, you know, they have a hundred options or maybe a thousand options to do. And, you know, and they're ticking, I don't know, some small peanuts. And, of course, you cannot mm. do a thousand things. So that's why you should really ask yourself, okay, What's really important? Where are the big things? And there I should, uh, and exactly there I should start. For orientation, there are guidelines from the European Union, but there are also guidelines from, from the German government. And I don't know if you speak German. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you can ask at Deutsche Tourismusverband, and they have a very good booklet, which is. Uh, Nachhaltiges uh, Reisen, and they uh, show you very good, as well as for the gentleman over there, the different certificates, but also the different standards um, are already made, okay. and it's a good, it's a good, uh, I would say, a good guideline uh, to get a little bit more orientation. 
There was one more question from the lady over there. Yeah, it's also about um, the labeling topic because we just discussed that before. It's kind of like what I was thinking about is like, why don't we have something that, because we have those good labels, but that's for the people who are already aware of the topic and are actually looking for it. But the majority of people, that's something what we sometimes forget in rooms like this, is not aware of it. So you have to kind of stuff it into their face so they actively have to decide, okay, I'm going for the bad option. Like, if you buy a fridge, it's going to tell you the energy certificate. Or if you buy eggs, you mm -hmm. know you're not buying the good ones. So now, recently with me, and you can see that, like, it's much harder for people to do the bad decision if they know it. So I don't know if there could be, like, any kind of a label that's like, you have to get it so that also it's going to be shown for the ones that kind of suck. Um, so then the consumer knows and they have to actively decide against doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if any kind of that movement could be done or do you think that this would help the tourism industry as well? This would be good, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think we agree. But we should, yeah, we should also address that, you know. We have, we have all these associations where we can at least address it, like uh, our uh, Deutsche Reiseverband, you know, they... <laughs> but I think we have... We, we have, have to bring these things into those associations because they do what they want. We have enough guidelines, Rika, we have enough guidelines and I think we have a lot of regulation. And I think we should, uh, Joan, you say, an die eigene Nase packen. I don't know what is in English, but... Uh, Grab your own nose. Grab your own nose. <laughs> <laughs> False friends, I would say. <laughs> no, I think um, to get orientation, we have a, not, we have a, a lot of uh, things who gives us orientation. We start, should start by No, but we should ask for it, not orientate. We have to ask, we have to... Yeah, but there's a kind of urge. responsibility of every person. Huh? If you want to... To do something, you might uh, uh, get help, but you also have to do the first step. Mm -hmm. There is another question. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I, I work on the DMC side in Tanzania for nine years, working in Kilimanjaro tourism. And the problem you have there is that if you work with the travel industry, you get the question, oh, my client uh, got the climb offered, the Kilimanjaro climb offered for like a thousand dollar less I mean a thousand dollar less mm. and we offer it for like let's say one uh, one nine two thousand two hundred dollar or whatever and of course I had a number of arguments that I could give the client uh, my travel industry client uh, how we can give the consumer an insight and in how the higher price is justified through carbon offsetting through better payment of local um, uh, local uh, uh, workers and so on and so on, the trickle-down effect that we spoke about. What I think is the key problem is um, that the tour operator out there in the market is always facing the price question. And as long as the industry is not following a certain set of standards, a certain set of rules, so that the consumer, when he has a choice between a certain uh, portfolio of two operators he can do his trip to Costa Rica with, then we, the two operator out there in the market is, is left alone if the industry doesn't adapt all 
the same standards mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. then the tour operator doesn't follow, uh, follow the standards and will be cheaper in the end because the locals are not paid uh, well enough and so on and so on, then uh, I think this is a key problem. So the industry bodies themselves, I think, have to make it a rule uh, that companies follow uh, a certain minimum standard mm -hmm. because otherwise the one who is more, who is cheaper will all, in, in some areas of the travel market will win. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a kind of a, a political demand yeah. which we have to... I, I mean, I, this is actually really true. I, I have never seen so many uh, labels um, uh, as in the um, tourism industry. I think there are over 400 or something. So, and I think what you mean is um, something like if you're going now to a supermarket and even in Aldi or, you know, a discounter somewhere, you can see, okay, this is a eco or biological product mm. and you have different labels there also but there's a standard from the European Union, something like this and mm -hmm. this is something you're looking for, right? Yeah, they mm. have to show it even if they kind of, like take that meat label it really ranks it from one to four but it makes it much harder to take the bad one for the consumer and like that would also work for the tourists if they know like they just see the price label but if the next to it they see like a big red flag which says like not paying well or something like if there's one label that everyone has to display yeah. not only the ones that were good who obviously show up we got that label but rather if everyone has to show one universal label and the consumer then can decide and you can see they they are buying better better meat, they're buying better eggs because, and they're willing to pay more because it's in their face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I think it's a good idea. Yes. Will we have plastic-free ITV in the future? <laughs> 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 um, we're working on it. We're also educating our exhibitors, you know. We also try to really advocate reusable whatever is possible to avoid plastics we in our offices you know we don't have plastic bags in our uh, baskets anymore and so on and so on but um, it's part of the tourism world you know and I can I'm the advocate for those people who really want to change something but as you know the tourism world is so diverse and and the capitalistic thinking is still stronger than anything else because everybody is still thinking that we have to grow we have to make as much money as possible and I think now is, is, it's the first time that people are starting to rethink this paradigm as well because there is no unlimited grow in a limited world and this is what really comes into everybody's hard now, and then we can also have a plastic-free ITV with the help of everybody. Yeah, but can't you come up with your own rules? Like <laughs> saying if you want to use this booze or whatever, you're not allowed to using plastic, whatever. I mean, if, if you say, yeah, please do it, nobody will do it. Yeah, but that's the same thing host, with regulations. Yeah. As a host, can't you come up with this rule? And then giving an, an example to all these people coming from all over the world, hey, we can have plastic-free meetings. This is a good idea. This is a good idea. <laughs> asking, I mean, it's your area, it's your, uh, your fair. Why don't you do it? As I said, there is still this uh, profit thinking, 
in this world, and we have 160,000 square meters, 10,000 uh, 10, exhibitors, and we send out to all of the exhibitors uh, um, a guide how to be more sustainable and what to avoid and that they should use um, our waste management system and so on and so on. But at the end, it is very difficult to walk around and find every exhibitor. Why are you giving giveaways which are from plastic? I do that, you know, but it's a, it's a Sisyphus work. Mm -hmm. And we, we can all only educate, raise awareness, and that is really what we are constantly doing everywhere and again and again. Um, but I would, I would really wish to get support also from, from, from people from the industry as you, demanding it or telling other exhibitors because we can't do it alone. And we as a fair, which is still uh, selling space, I mean, we are selling that space. So we can't just say, okay, if you're not doing this, you can't come because you know what, if you have been to BTW um, last week, this is the way the tourism industry is still thinking. These are the players of tourism, and they aren't ready yet. But they have to be ready, I think, because it's so urgent, you know. And they invited Professor Schallenhuber to their um, event for the first time, and everybody was, like, paralyzed because there are no solutions. And I think we also didn't find solutions today, but we all agree that we have to work together to find these solutions and everybody has to start at his own home or her own home but we also have to discuss this in our workplace in the fields and the people we reach with governments with associations with NGOs we really have to fight to save our planet so and now I'm happy to to answer more questions, uh, out of stage. Hi. Oh. Hi. Thank you, panelists. Hi. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, I know I was the offender of the uh, person that flew the most this year. Um, <laughs> so I'm sorry about that. But to make up for that, um, and this little camera here, we're able to bring in about 20 to 30 people uh, on our Facebook <laughs> channel um, who didn't have to fly here. Uh, to participate in tonight's um, event. And um, I just wanted to share one comment. Um, we had a couple of comments on the Facebook oh, okay. page. Um, this is from Gillian Morris, and we'll take it as a comment unless you want to add to it. But uh, Gillian is um, the founder of um, a company called Hitlist, which actually searches for, uh, for the best airfare deals, and she has millions of users. So her, her entire business is obviously built around flying. Um, and uh, so she shared that um, global aviation accounts for 2.5% of carbon emissions and mining accounts for 30%. Um, but then she said that um, she doesn't think you're going to be able to convince people to give up going to travel, but as demand increases, so too does demand for sustainable fuel alternatives. She says that she's um, really excited about biofuels and other alternative technologies that can decrease the emissions that aviation produces. So anyway, I just wanted to add that comment from mm -hmm, um, our mm -hmm. Facebook Live, uh, but if you guys want to add to that, then feel free. <laughs> so the 2.5 um, percentage... Um, 
um, the portion of uh, global emissions, this is just, again, this is just looking at the carbon emissions, so the CO2. It's not including the climate impact or the greenhouse gas effect aviation has. So this would be then three times higher. So we are already talking about 7.5. Um, <clears throat> and the forecast for 2030 and 2000. <coughs> Uh, 50 is that aviation plays then the same role like the example what she said is mining because it's increasing 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 since air traffic is is increasing in general right so that's why sometimes you know people saying but like, is oh, that aviation on. in general or is that only the tourism related aviation um, it's uh, aviation in general, but um, let's say civil aviation counts for 80 percentage and um, transport, um, how do you say it, um, freight, it's only, yeah, it's only mm -hmm. 20, 20 percentage at the moment. So, but I, I know that some people are saying like, oh, come on, why we are talking about flight emission, it, don't, it only counts for 2.5, but it's, it's high enough and... The thing is that all other industry already looking at the path towards and the airline industry is just looking at the path upwards, not towards. And um, biofuel alternative, <coughs> yes, but um, with biofuel, or let's say with all alternative fuels, you always have to look at you know, if the production is really uh, sustainable and let's say and really um, um, free of free of uh, CO2 emissions. So it, it doesn't make sense to to create those kind of um, biofuels or, or maybe even um, no. synthetic fuels if the production is uh, is not free of uh, carbon emissions. So that's why we are looking at the moment, especially to. Uh, a power to liquid with with this, uh, that which is um, a e, an e fuel that means um, you're sourcing um, carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and you're taking water and you need many loads of renew, renewable energy to splitting water into. I think the Chinese are quite good at it, aren't they? Uh, not not yet. So it's it's still <laughs> demonstrate. You know. We don't have um, a huge plant yet, so there are only little um, demonstrating plants. But um, we are hoping that the airline industry is investing a lot of money just to progress this kind of um, alternative, let's say, technology and also alternative fuel. How are you feeling now? Are you feeling good, bad? How is that? <laughs> Uh, just one thing, we, talk, we talked about the Greta effect. On 29th is the next global, I think you know, many of you know this already, on 29th is the next global demonstration for uh, pushing the governments to more sustainable solutions. 29th worldwide. So here we go. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Travel Hero podcast by ITB. If you like what you heard, make sure to check in soon again and subscribe to our channel to know when it's time to reveal another Travel Hero story. Uh -oh.